pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy. And realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God. For he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy. And realize what this really means. We have the privilege.
Good morning, everyone. So great to see you this morning here at Victory Christian Fellowship. We're excited to celebrate together the presence of the Lord. We just acknowledge Him in all of our ways, and He directs our path. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and thankful for Your goodness and Your graciousness. And Lord, the love that You extend toward us, it doesn't fail. It'll hold up under anything. It'll keep us strong. And Lord, we give our love to You today. And we honor You and bless You in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Amen. Let's stand together. Are you ready to worship in the house today? Oh! 
worship with the life of God in us. We worship with who we are in Christ. And Father, we just come in this house today. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are dwelling inside of us. And we worship through what you have to say to the Father. Hallelujah. Come on. Wake up, church. Put your hands together. Let's worship in this house.
that the blood of Jesus has delivered us from a sin consciousness. That means guilt from the past. That means guilt and shame and condemnation. It's covered under the blood of Jesus. It's covered right now. I speak the breaking off. I speak the breaking off of your mind. Of the old you. It's the new you. Just receive it in its place. Oh, I speak the breaking off of your mind. From the old you. in this room today how you are in our midst and Lord we thank you that you speak to us oh the plans that I have for you says the Lord are so wonderful so incredible so marvelous they are perfect just for you tailor-made just for you it has my fingerprint on it for you because you are my masterpiece and my masterpiece deserves great and wonderful plans to prosper you and not to harm you oh how I love you says the Lord amen 
Amen. Well, you may be seated. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Today is Communion Sunday, and we're going to take communion together. You know, when we take communion, you might as well just get healed. Amen? As you take the bread and the, and the, the juice, just, just take your healing in, too. Take your deliverance in. Take your wholeness in. You know, Amazon didn't come up with Whole Foods. Jesus did. I mean, an angel made a bread for the prophet, and he ran on that bread for 40 days. That's some bread. Hallelujah. We, we haven't come up with that yet. One, one piece of bread is going to last you 40 days, no? But God did, amen? amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want to talk to you today just briefly about the blood. And we're going to go from Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9, if you'd like to follow along with us. We're going to start with verse 7. And then we're going to jump to verse 11. But Hebrews 9, 7 says, But into the second uh, inner tabernacle only the high priest enters once a year and never without blood, which he offers for himself and for the sins of the people committed ignorance. Now that's the Old Testament. That's the old way of doing things. The high priest would enter into the Holy of Holies once a year on the Day of Atonement. And he would offer a blood sacrifice that would cover the sins of everybody for a year. All right? But in verse 11, it says, But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things to come. How many know Jesus gave us good things to come? Say, good things are on its way to me. Hallelujah. That is, in spiritual worship, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle. That was the tabernacle in heaven. Hallelujah. And uh, not made with hands, that is to say, not part of this creation, he went once for all into the holy place. He doesn't, once he entered into the holy place, he doesn't have to go there again and again to make continual sacrifices. His sacrifice was once and done for all. Hallelujah. He doesn't have to get back on the cross. It was sufficient. It was complete. His sacrifice ended all the sacrifices. Hallelujah. Verse 12, he went once for all into the holy place, not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood. He presented his blood on the mercy seat of the tabernacle in heaven. Hallelujah. And he obtained and secured eternal redemption. Everybody say eternal redemption. You are going to be redeemed forever. Hallelujah. Eternal redemption. Glory to God. These are shouting words, by the way. Verse 13. For if the sprinkling uh, of defiled persons with the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer is sufficient for the cleansing of the body, how much more will the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit willingly offered himself up, offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works. Say, my conscience is clean. Hallelujah. Say, I'm free from dead works. Yeah, God's not associated with dead because everything that God comes in contact that's dead becomes alive. He's a life giver. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. 
And uh, so he offered himself willingly. And uh, he cleansed our conscience. For this reason, he is the mediator, this is verse 15, and the negotiator of a new covenant, so that those who have been called, have you been called? Those who are called can receive. What do we receive? We receive the promised eternal inheritance. Hallelujah. I like that word inheritance. Glory to God. I find it everywhere in the Bible. Since death has taken place, which redeems them from the sins committed under the obsolete first covenant, for where there is a will and a testament involved, the death of he, the death of the one who made it must be established. See, death establishes the inheritance. You don't get your inheritance while you're alive. You get it when, when there's a death occurs. Amen? And God wrote your name in his will and testament. Yes. And he called you, and you guys are here because you answered the call. Amen. Some are still waiting. Some are still, the call's still ringing. They have to pick up the phone and answer the call. Amen. How do you answer the call? You say, yes, I believe. Amen. Amen. That's your answer to the call. Hallelujah. So he goes on to say, verse uh, 18. So even the first covenant was not put in force without blood. I'll tell you what, God used blood from the very beginning. Amen? He had, this is the only agent, the only substance that can cleanse the world from sin is the blood of Jesus. There's no other substance that will do that. Amen? And uh, he... Uh, when every commandment of the law, verse 19, had been... Uh, read by Moses to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats together with water and scarlet wool and a bunch of hyssop, and he sprinkled both the scroll itself and the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God ordained and commanded. Verse 21, In the same way, he sprinkled both the tabernacle and the containers and sacred utensils worship uh, uh, with the blood. Verse 22, in, in fact, under the law, almost everything is cleansed with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. If Jesus hadn't shed his blood, we would still be stuck in sin. We probably wouldn't even be here today. But thank God for the shedding of blood. Because it remissed us from sins. It canceled the debt. Hallelujah. Debt cancellation. Amen. I want you to go ahead and get your elements, and then we're going to partake of them together, and uh, we'll celebrate communion. And remember, while you're taking communion, get healed, get delivered, get free, get full. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we give you thanks and praise for the goodness and the faithfulness of Jesus, the perfect and spotless Lamb of God. He is the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Not only is he the great I am, but he is the great lamb. Our master is a lion and a lamb. He's got the fierceness and the strength of a lion and the gentleness and compassion of a lamb. Oh, glory to God. We're so grateful and thankful that you gave yourself willingly for us on the cross. You paid a debt that you didn't know. We owed a debt, but we couldn't pay it.
but you paid it in full, Lord Jesus. And we express our gratitude and our thanks to you. We glorify you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, when, um, when Moses instructed the people to put the blood on the doorposts, you know, the destroyer couldn't come in. He was prevented, the destroying angel was prevented from entering that house and destroying anything in that house. Before we take of this, I want you to say, thank you, Jesus. You're my Savior. You're my healer. You're my deliverer. You're my Lord. And what I'm about to do is a picture of what you did. And I'm so grateful and thankful to you. Amen. So when, before he was crucified, Jesus gathered with his disciples. And he took bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to them all saying, Take, this is my body. So let us take of his body. And when he had given thanks, wow, knowing what the blood represented, here he is giving thanks. How many has ever been thankful about ready to shed blood? But Jesus was thankful. He he took the cup and he had given thanks and he gave it to them and they all drank from it. He said, this is my blood. This is the blood of the new covenant, which is being poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let us drink. And let's give God some praise for what he's done for us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Mm-hmm. We had a little bit of a R&R in Florida this past week. I want to thank Pastor Nelson for filling in on two Wednesdays. And, uh, but, you know, uh, it's good to get away for a little bit. To, we always come back recharged. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we have a new confession that we're going to make. So I want to invite you all to uh, join us as we make this confession about the benefits of being in him. Let's make our confession. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. God the Father selected us as his own before the foundation of the world. He desires for us to be holy, consecrated, set apart for him, and blameless in his sight. The Lord revealed to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ. In Christ we have received an inheritance, having been chosen according to his divine purpose, who works everything in agreement with the counsel and design of his will. When we heard the true gospel, the good news of our salvation, and believed in Jesus, we were sealed with God's Holy Spirit and protected by him. 
God made us alive together with Christ. By his grace, we are saved from God's judgment. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God. To build a strong body of believers. And to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Good morning. God bless each one of you. It's so good to see you. More and more blessings be upon you. It's so good to look at each one of you. I'm thankful for you. I know everyone here at Victory is thankful for you. So the Lord bless you. Doesn't that feel good? To soak in the blessing of God. Yeah. Okay. I'll stop looking at you and look at my papers. After service this morning, we are celebrating Dr. Fiona's 50th birthday over in the Cove area. So we invite all of you to join us. Happy birthday. (laughs) And then next Sunday, we're having a water baptism after service at the Shearer's Pool, which is just shortly up the road. So if you're interested or want to find out more information about participating in the water baptism, there is a sign-up sheet in the back, and then we can contact you and get in touch with you. Okay. Are you guys awake out there? It seems so, like, still, (laughs) except for one. But we all know who that blessing is. (laughs) Um, God bless the mamas, right? Got kids jumping on their laps. (laughs) Okay. (sighs) Okay, the next thing on here is our youth, the older segment of youth are traveling to Florida to go to a fire conference in Tampa, Florida with Dr. Rodney Howard Brown and his ministry, Revival Ministries. So we are super excited. It's, we've been planning this for several months and it's almost here. Our purpose in, is going to receive instruction and impartation and bring it from Florida to Pennsylvania to this local body. So thank you for participating with us and sending us forth. That's why we serve up so many delicious treats at Palazzo Creations. And any offerings that you want to give to that, that's where it primarily goes. We also have some plans for our community here when we come back. We're going to be in Memorial Park on August 19th. So we're bringing the fire of God into our local community, too. So we're getting geared up to spread the good news of Jesus Christ everywhere we go. This is going to be a super exciting new school year for our students and teachers in the schools. Yeah. Yeah, there's some new curriculum that the schools don't know about. Jesus and Holy Spirit. (laughs) Yeah, our students are walking in the schools with Jesus and Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen. Whew. Okay. Um, 
I'm I'm good. I'm good. It's just no no one. Okay. So I just talked about the fire conference. We're leaving July 22nd. I think I forgot that part. It's from a Sunday to a Sunday, eight days, two services a day. Awesome. Woo. Okay. Tuesday evening is our weekly youth group meeting from 6 to 8 p.m. So youth, come on out. If you know a youth, send them on over, bring them, drop them off. We start outside in the summer, unless it's pouring rain. And then we come in and finish up inside. So it's a wonderful time. We're calling it Summer Supreme. Yeah, because God is supreme. And his pizza is a supreme pizza. He puts everything on it. He doesn't withhold anything. That's right. Okay. Wednesday night refreshing refreshing is at 6.30 on Wednesdays. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Okay. We want to be here on Wednesdays at 6.30 because it certainly is refreshing. Yes. (laughs) Okay. And then... um, at the Palmyra Square, we've been going every week, mostly every week. That's our goal, either on a Friday evening or a Saturday morning. So if you want a heads up, we have July planned for you. And we'll be there Saturday, July 15th from 9.30 to 10.30 in the morning. And Friday, July 21st from 6.30 to 7.30 in the evening. You just come to the square at any time during that time that suits you and we'll be there. And we hold up posters. We pray while we're standing there. If anybody walks by, we talk with them and share information with them, even if we don't speak the same language. So if you know someone that speaks Spanish, let us know. Because we've had a lot of Spanish people coming. They see the brown skin and they assume (laughs) that we speak Spanish. But our brown skin people so far have not been speaking Spanish. (laughs) But we got our phones and we've been doing translations, you know, with the Google. But it would be better if we had a person in the flesh. But we found out after the last time that Josh took Spanish in school, so he could have helped us out. You know, but he, he thought we were doing a good job, so he just held back. But we've called him forth to give us some phrases, you know, like when you travel to a new country. Give us some common phrases that we could at least start a conversation, right? So definitely... Spanish-speaking people, it would be great if you could talk to us and let us know how you can help us with this outreach in this square. People are so appreciative. We have had no negative. They're so grateful that there's something positive happening in their community. So this is just the start. Yeah. All right. And then August 6th, hold the date. Oh. Okay, it's August 9th. Oh, 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 wait. Sushil Kumar. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. We got two to hold the dates. August 6th, Reverend Sushil Kumar will be here with us again. He's from India. And so hold the date for that. You want to bring some friends. He comes with the mighty power of God. Yeah. (laughs) And then August 9th, 
It's a Wednesday for the third quarter of this year, August 9th, is when we'll be having the praise and prayer, community praise and prayer service, August 9th. Correct? All right. We're good. It's, it, is, it is wonderful to see you. <laughs> you know, if I'm just happy to see you, can you imagine how happy God is to see you in his house? Yeah, he's, he's so happy to see you come. Yeah. He has blessings for you today. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm finished with the announcements, and I'm ready for the next thing. God bless you. <laughs> Hallelujah. A lot of good things happening here at BCF. You know, I would encourage you, if you know teenagers and they're in this area, they need to connect with New Generation Air Force because that generation is learning how to operate and flow in the power of God. And uh, it's important, you know, um, Jesus invested a lot into the church and it's so important to be part of a church. And uh, if you know teenagers, encourage them to come. Get the information. Give it to them. And uh, get them here. Amen? Um, If you're a business owner, if you own your own business, I want you to stand up. All right? Because we're going to pray for businesses today. So look, look at these business owners that we have here. Amen. Heavenly Father... We lift up the businesses of this church and also those in our community in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for blessing those that are here today, those businesses that are represented. Lord, we we bless them today with the power of God. Anoint them with fresh oil, with creative ideas. Cause customers to come to them in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that they run their businesses to the glory and the honor of God. And Lord, we lift up all the businesses in our community in the name of Jesus. And we give you thanks and praise that their attitude is not so much just about the bottom line, but it's about how the Lord Jesus has gifted them and wants to use them and work through them. And Lord, I pray that uh, you open doors of opportunity for the businesses in our communities, for us to get connected with them, Lord, and to be a blessing to them. And Lord, to accomplish your work, and we give you thanks and praise as uh, stretch forth your hand and touch these businesses and do great and mighty things, and we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We're praying for five different groups of people, one every week, and um, if you don't know about that, ask someone who does know about that. (laughs) Hallelujah. And before we dismiss our kids, in Mark chapter 12 and uh, verse 41, it says here that Mark 12, 41, Jesus sat over against the treasury and he beheld how the people cast money into the treasury and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, 
which made a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow has cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did uh, cast in out of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. So here's some simple lessons that we can learn from this uh, account in the Bible. Number one, God values our offerings differently than men do. God thinks of percentages where we think in amounts. We think we might be giving in a great amount, but what's that in percentage, right? So God thinks differently about offerings than men do. Number two, our attitude in giving is important to God. And uh, we have to give out of a heart of love. So Jesus watched the people giving in to this offering. He observed them as they gave their offerings. He, he, and you know what? He watches us today. And we have an account in Genesis 4 where two brothers gave an offering, one with the right attitude and one with the wrong attitude. And the one with the wrong attitude, which was Cain, he was given a chance to get his attitude right, wasn't he? God said, if you do right, but if you don't, sin is crouching at the door, ready to devour you. So um, our attitude in giving is important. And then thirdly, God doesn't want us to be overly concerned with how, um, you know, when we give an offering. Amen? Like, oh, what are they going to use it for? I mean, we're giving it to God. Amen? And and God knows. And uh, God is the first giver. So... Here at VCF, we don't pass a container, but we have containers by the bookstore. And uh, as you come in, and you can give any time during the service. Uh, if you're watching online, you can give uh, through our website. Uh, you can give in person. You can give by mail. You can give with a card. Amen. However you want to do it, whatever works for you. Heavenly Father, I'm just so grateful for the people who give faithfully to uh, VCF and to you, Lord, to support your work in this part of the world. And we just honor you and bless you and praise you. And I call the givers and their gifts blessed and multiplied and increased by you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. And also, um, we're going to touch three nations this year. We're going to touch India. Uh, Pastor uh, Sushil Kumar and his wife, Monica, they direct uh, Rama Chandigarh, and uh, I went there last year and taught. I'll be going again this year, and I'll be teaching a week in their school and a week in a school in Hyderabad. So I'll be teaching 50 hours, just classes, and then I'm preaching on two Sundays. <laughs> so uh, praise God. But uh, you can invest in that. Amen. And uh, you can send me. Hallelujah. And then... Uh, at the end of this year, um, we are going to touch a brand new country that we've never been to. It's the country of Liberia. And uh, we've been invited to do a leadership conference and a crusade. Now, we are, we, are, we are paying for the meals for the crusade during the time that we're there so that people can come. Uh, we did this in Kenya. And uh, we had three different conferences in Kenya where we supplied the food. Amen. So this is going to be a VCF crusade in Liberia. And uh, 
that's going to be uh, the, the week of uh, Thanksgiving. It, it changed because of Gabriel's schedule. So uh, I'm giving up my Thanksgiving to do a crusade uh, in Liberia. So those are opportunities. And uh, our goal for all of those, for the three nations, is $12,000. And I think uh, about two have come in. So we just need uh, 10 more. Amen. How many things are possible with them that believe? All things. So, Father, we just believe that all of our trips this year for touching those different nations are taken care of. We just give you the honor and the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Kids are anxious, ready to go into their classes, and we want to dismiss them now. So, kids, have a great class. Let the Holy Spirit move and flow. Hallelujah. Yeah, Pastor Sushil has been here on two Wednesdays, but he's never been here on a Sunday, so this will be his first Sunday that he's here, and uh, we're very excited. So he's going to come here, then he's going to go back, because they start their school in August, and then I'll be there at the end of August, so uh, praise God. All right, you ready for the word this morning? I want you to turn to the book of Acts, uh, chapter 2. We're actually going to go to two places, Acts chapter 2. And Matthew chapter 24. All right. Um, Acts chapter 2. We're going to look at verse uh, 40. And then uh, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 24 and verse 35. First of all, Acts 2.40. The Bible says this. And with many... Other words. Everybody say words. Words. I want you to notice the, I'm putting the emphasis on words today. Because I want to talk to you about how to exceed limits and break barriers. It's actually, uh, I wrote this book uh, with the same title, Exceed Limits and Break Barriers. And I, uh, the Lord just laid it on my heart to share that with you today. So, and with many other words, did he testify and exhort saying, save yourselves from this untoward or perverse generation. How did Peter encourage people to live right with God? What did he use? He used words. Who put the value on words? It was God himself. Because from the very beginning of creation, how did God create the world? With words. He could have created the world any way that he wanted to. But he chose to activate life through words that he spoke. Everybody say words are important. All right, go to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. Hallelujah. And verse uh, 35. Matthew 24, verse 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Everybody say, his words. God is talking about his words. His words are eternal. You talk about some powerful words, words that will last forever. They're eternal. Heaven and earth is going to pass away, but my words will never pass away. 
Wouldn't it be awesome if we could speak power words like Jesus spoke? Hey, it is awesome because we can. He gave us that ability. He gave us that authority. He, 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 he allows us to do that. Glory to God. Do you know that in life, everybody faces challenges, right? Is there anybody here that's never faced a challenge? Please raise your hand because we'll pray for you. Right? Or how many have faced enemies? Right? We have an enemy, right? Or difficulties. Anybody here never faced a difficulty? Oh, my God. Well, um, guess what? But they're not the end result. We can break through every challenge. We can overcome every enemy. And we can win over every difficulty through using three simple things. Our mouth, our tongue, and our heart. Those are the tools that God has given us to overcome these things of life. We overcome things with the words we speak. Sometimes we bring things on us by the words we speak. Sometimes we cause things to happen by the words we speak. Sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt me. What a lie. How many ever been hurt by words? Yeah, why? Words have power to them. Negative and positive, they both have power, right? But God uses this simple tool for us to overcome, right? So the key to moving forward and going beyond uh, these challenges of life is our mouth, our tongue, and our heart. And they all work together, and they all have to be in agreement. Did you know that if your heart and your mouth are not in agreement, what you're saying will not uh, it, it, it's kind of void of, of it coming to pass, right? So the words you say, not just in church, not just while you're worshiping, but the words you say every day in every setting matter in your life. The words you use, how you say them matter. Say, my words matter. And the Bible has a lot to say about the mouth, the tongue, and everything. And I'm not going to go into all of that today. But I want you to know that you can overcome things. If you want to transform your life, you can change the content of your heart. And you can change the words you speak. And you will actually change your circumstances. Is it really that simple? Yes. Yes, it is. Say it's really that simple. Faith is simple. Theology complexes faith, but faith is simple. Anytime man gets involved, sometimes we, comple- we, we, we make things more complex, but God is simple. Amen? God uses seeds. God uses uh, animals. God uses sand and stars. Right? So I want you to go to Romans chapter 10. And we're going to understand the significance of our mouth and our heart. Romans chapter 10, starting with verse 8. Romans 10 and verse 8. What does it say? 
The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. Everybody say the word. Is in my mouth and in my heart. What kind of words in your mouth and heart? Notice what he said, the word of faith, which we preach. Everybody say the word of faith. You know, sometimes people have words other than the word of faith in their mouth and in their heart. Right? Sometimes um, words can be poisonous. Words can be harmful or they can be helpful. How many has ever been encouraged by words? Right? How many has ever given someone or you've given or someone's given to you a pep talk? Right? You're feeling down, right? And someone comes along and gives you a pep talk. What happens? It energizes you. It, it, it causes you to move forward. It, it, it brings you out of the, of the, the grub or the mess, and it gets you moving forward. All that was accomplished by words. So it's important to have the words of faith in your mouth. Where does faith come from? And hearing what? Did you know faith doesn't come from opinions? Faith doesn't come from feelings. Faith comes from hearing the word of God. So if you want to have faith-filled words, what do you got to be listening to? The Word of God. Right? Okay, let's read on. Verse 9. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. When you confess Jesus as Lord, something happens in your life. Right? You get born again. And, everybody say and. You know, Speaking the Lord Jesus is not enough. There has to be something that goes with it. And is a conjunction. It's joining two phrases together, right? And believe in your what? Heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. So the way to be saved is very simple. You believe that God was raised, that Jesus was raised from the dead, and you confess with your mouth as Lord. You believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth, and boom, power is released. When you, when you believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, and you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, you get eternal life. You, you, you are made alive out of a spiritual death. You have a, you have a spiritual resurrection. Power is released, and with that simple phrase, with your heart and your mouth in agreement, you become a child of God. And it opens you to all of heaven's benefits, blessings, goodness, and awesomeness. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Say, believe in my heart and confess with my mouth. And notice, both the heart and the mouth have to agree with Jesus, because he's the word. What if, what if your heart believes something then your mouth is saying? Well, then they're not in agreement and it's not going to work. You might as well say, twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder where you are. Right? Okay, go to 1 Samuel chapter 2 real quick. 1 Samuel chapter 2. Hallelujah. The Lord put this on my heart. And this, this is out of my book, Exceed Limits and Break Barriers. And that's what's going to happen today. You know, the Lord put on my heart 
for today that if the world has any type of hook on you, you know, fishermen, we bait a hook and we throw it in the water and the fish thinks he's getting a meal, but really we got a hook into him because he's going to be our meal. He thinks he's getting a meal, but actually we're getting a meal. Fried fish dinner, right? But see, when that, when the fish bites the hook, you got to set the pole, right? You got to, mm, just one, one simple jerk on the pole that sets the hook. And then once he's hooked, you just reel him in. Here's what the Lord put on my heart. If you have any kind of hook from the world, it could be a habit. It could be something that you do. If there's a hook of the world in you in any area of your life, that's an area that you're going to be unsensitive to God's voice in. So you got to get rid of the hooks. It could be TV. It could be eating. It could be anything. All right? Unhook yourself from the world. Don't let the world hook you. Okay? You know, um, our bodies get attracted to chemicals. And certain chemicals make our bodies feel good, right? But it's really a hook. And you can't rely on that feeling to make you good. Let God make you good. Let the Word make you good. Let the Holy Ghost make you good. If anybody can make you good, it's the Holy Ghost. I mean, He's the life of the party. So, if you know that you have any type of hook in your life, it could result in a habit of something that you do, but it's worldly. Just get rid of the hook. All right? Get rid of the hook. All right. 1 Samuel chapter 2 and uh, verse 1. Notice what the Bible says. This is Hannah praying, and she says, Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord, my horn is exalted in the Lord, and my mouth is enlarged over my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. What's she doing? She's using her heart and her mouth to overcome persecution. Hannah was being persecuted because she had no children. And she was being mocked. She was being ridiculed. She was being criticized from the other wife. Right? Because her husband had two wives, and that always brings confusion. Right? It always brings wrong competition. Okay? Anyway, that was her situation. And so this other wife was having kids. Hannah wasn't. And so this other wife was going, yeah, 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 yeah. And Hannah was like, right? But she didn't deal with it in the flesh. She went to God. And she used her heart and her mouth to overcome, to break through, to, to exceed that limit. Amen. She used her heart and her mouth in agreement, saying the same thing, believing the same thing, and God heard her prayer. And what happened? She, she gave birth to Samuel, a prophet, whose words were so powerful. The Bible says, it's recorded in the Bible, they did not drop to the ground. 
Aren't you glad that Hannah fought the fight? She, she didn't complain about it. She, she went to prayer about it. Say, I'm not going to complain, but I'm going to pray. Prayer works better. Complaining, God takes personal. So you don't want to complain about your situations. Okay? Go to Psalm 19. Psalm 19. Everybody who went to Lee University knows this last verse. I could quote it to you. Because after every chapel service, we had to say this over and over. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. I ha- I've graduated in 97 and I still remember it today. All right. Psalm 19, verse 14. Let the words of my what? And the meditation of my what? Be acceptable to who? To the Lord. We've got to evaluate our words. Are the words we're saying acceptable to God? Are the words we're using about our situations in life? Would God accept those words as good words? Would God, the judge, say, I judge those words as good words? Would he put his stamp of approval on the words that we're using over our situation? Let the words of my mouth and... The meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Our words and the meditation of our heart have to be acceptable to God. The only way we know that something's acceptable to God is if it comes from his word. God accepts his own word. Amen? Go to Psalm 49. Psalm 49. I'm just getting you to see the correlation between the, mar- the mouth and the heart. Right? Those are two key things. And really, whenever you use your mouth, you're using your tongue, aren't you? It's kind of hard not to use your tongue when you're speaking words. Right? Even ventriloquists, you may not see their lips moving, but they're using their tongue. Right? So when the Bible talks about the mouth, it's also talking about the tongue. But the Bible does say there's going to come a time where every knee is going to bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. And right, and when the Holy Spirit comes on a person, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, what happens? You speak in tongues. Amen? So the God, God's interested in your tongue and your mouth and your heart. Okay? Psalm 49, verse 3. My mouth shall speak wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. See how they work together? You know, the Bible says when you get wisdom, get understanding. With all that getting, get understanding. Amen? Wisdom is the Lord Jesus, and understanding is how to operate in his kingdom. We need the understanding to operate in the wisdom. Amen? Okay? Go to Matthew 15. Matthew 15. So both the Old Testament and the New Testament talk about the mouth and the heart together. Matthew 15, verse 18. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many are ready to break through? How many are ready to exceed limits? You know, there's no speed limits in heaven. There's no limits in heaven. There's nothing that is limited in heaven. And guess what? We can have heaven on earth. We got to break through some limits. We got to break through some barriers. Hey, man, there are some things that were meant to be exceeded. 
God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. With God, we can exceed limits. If you, if you feel today like there's a limit on your physical uh, uh, stature, it can be broken today. If you feel like there's a limit on your finances, it can be broken today. If you feel like your progress has been limited, it can be broken today. We're going to exceed the limits, and we're going to break some barriers. Chuck Yeager broke the sound barrier, right? Uh, William Bannister broke the four-minute mile. Amen. Limits were meant to be broken. Hallelujah. And who better to break limits than the body of Christ on the earth with the word of God and the Holy Spirit and the name of Jesus. The high, we have the highest authority in the universe. Woo. I didn't foresee me delivering it like that. But that's the Holy Ghost. Matthew fifteen eighteen. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile the man. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So in order to change your words, you've got to change the content of your heart. How do you put new information into your heart? It's called meditation. What digestion does for the body and food, meditation does for God's word and your spirit. You read it, you study it, you speak it, and repeat it. Read it, study it, speak it, repeat it. What am I doing? That's meditation. That's meditation. That's just a quick summary of what meditation is. See? The reason negative words come out of your mouth is because they were lodged in your heart. And your mouth will always tell what's in your heart. You can't, your heart will always be revealed through your mouth. What you believe, how you feel. Oh, I didn't mean to say that. Uh, Yes, you did because it's in your heart. Now, granted, there is grace and forgiveness, right? Have you noticed when we say something wrong, we just can't take it back? I tried, but it doesn't work. Once it's said, it's said. It's out there, right? And you just have to believe God for the grace of God and the blood of Jesus to forgive that and to cleanse it. Amen? Wipe it from their memory, Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. Okay. Go to Romans 14. Romans 14. And verse 11, I'm giving you the correlation between the heart and the mouth because that is the key to breakthrough. That is the key. You know, Muhammad Ali, he wasn't even saved. And what did he call himself? Huh? The champ, right? Had he won a title at that point? No. This was before he became the champ. He said, he called himself the champ, right? Guess what? He became what he said. Now, if an un, unspiritual, unsaved person can do that, how much more can we do that? Hallelujah. Romans 14, verse 11. Oh, this is uh, 
it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue uh, confess to God. All right? So uh, the tongue and the mouth. All right? Let's go to Psalms 34, 13, and let's just touch on the tongue a little bit. You know, your tongue is equated in the Bible like a rudder of a ship. How do these cruise liners, these big cruise liners, seven decks, five decks, whatever, how do they get from point A to point B? They have a li- In comparison to the size of the ship, the rudder is very small. But that rudder directs the course of the ship. Amen? And guess what? Your tongue is the rudder of your life. It's little in comparison, but our tongue directs where we're going, where we're headed, what we're going to do, what's going to happen. Oh, things never work out for me. And they never do. I wonder why. Because you've been saying it. And do you realize your heart doesn't know the difference between positive or negative? It just believes what you say. So, Even though you say things that you shouldn't say, your heart says, okay, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Right? Because your heart doesn't know. Amen? All right. Psalm 34, verse 13. It says this. Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. That's deceit. When we speak guile, who who are we mimicking? The devil. Why? He's the father of lies. He, he is, his only tool is deception. Keep your tongue from evil. Guess what? I can't keep your tongue from evil. You can't keep my tongue from evil. Everybody's responsible for their own tongue. But you got to keep it from evil. Do you realize that in the book of Numbers, it's recorded in the Bible that people gave a report that was contrary to God. What kind of report was that called? Oh, my goodness. If I allow words to come out of my mouth that disagree with God's plan, that's evil. Ooh, there was a holy hush over the crowd. Think about that. Psalm 45. Psalm 45. Verse 1. My heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of the things which I have made, touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. What story is your tongue writing? Your tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Let's write a story. Let's compose a novel. Is it going to be a happy one or a sad one? You get to write it. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. So we got to be careful what the tongue writes. The tongue doesn't write on paper, but the tongue speaks words. We got to be careful of our words. Look at your neighbor and say, watch your words. Now, I didn't say watch your mouth. I just said, watch your words. Okay. All right. Go to Mark 7. Mark 7. Hallelujah. Are you learning something? You didn't know that you were coming to speech class today. Or or speech therapy, right? Today I'm a speech therapist. (laughs) 
Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 31. Matthew 7 and 31. Again, departing from the coasts of Tyre and Sidon, he came into the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coasts of Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they besought him to put his hand upon him. So here was a man who was deaf and couldn't speak. Think about someone who's deaf, they can't get faith. And think about someone who can't speak, they can't exercise their authority. So he was deaf and he couldn't talk. So they bring him to the word. All right? Verse 33. And he took him aside from the multitude and he put his fingers in his ears and he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and said unto him, Ephata, that is, be opened. And straightway his ears were opened and the string of his tongue was loosed and he spoke plain. Can you imagine someone who has never spoken with one touch from the master can now speak plainly? Amen? God wanted his ears open so that he could receive faith. He wanted his mouth open so that he could confess the word of God. Hallelujah. It's God's word for our ears to be open and our mouth to be able to speak the words of God. If there's any blockage in that area, we got to break through. we got to exceed that limit. we got to pull off that top. we got to remove that restriction. Amen? And that's what happens with the anointing of God. God wants you to be able to speak. He wants you to be able to speak the words of God. You've been, author- you've been deputized and authorized to speak the words of God. Amen? Why do we have a confession every week? Because we're speaking the word of God. It's an important thing. God wants us to speak his words. Why? Because that's, that's what guarantees the victory. I heard a testimony of a minister's wife who was sick. I mean, she, something happened to her where she couldn't move her head. If she moved her head, it would sever her spine. And she was in the hospital And uh, they got a call from Oral Roberts. And Oral Roberts was on the phone. Her husband was there. And uh, Oral Roberts said, I want you to move your legs. And so the husband said to to make it, he said, Oral said to do this. So she moved her legs. She wasn't supposed to move. She moved her legs. And then he said, move him to the side of the bed. So she moved him to the side of the bed. Stand up. And she stood up. And he said, pull your legs to your chest. And she wasn't supposed to do it, but she did it. Amen? Hallelujah. Because of words that were spoken under the order. And guess what? She told her husband later that that's what God told her to do. Words. Amen? You know, Jesus... He is our ultimate role model of speech. 
Even when he was coming against religion, you know, I mean, he called the Pharisees a brood of vipers. Why? Because they were like poisonous ass because they were speaking things that weren't of God. Guess what? When you don't speak things of God, you're speaking things of someone else. Amen? And uh, we can learn a lot from how Jesus spoke, right? And uh, he, he had an impact. Amen? Um, and so here is the power of words. You know, with words, you can overcome obstacles. With words, Jesus calms storms. We sang about it today. Dr. Fiona didn't even know what I was preaching, but you sang my message. I love it. That's how the Holy Ghost works. Amen? How many have, have encountered obstacles in your journey of life? Well, how do we overcome obstacles? With our mouth, with our tongue, and with our heart. Being in agreement with God. And when we're in agreement with God and our heart and our mouth, our heart believes God and our, our mouth and tongue speak God's word, that releases God's power for our situation. Amen? And uh, so Jesus calms, he spoke to storms and wind. He spoke to unfruitful trees. Did the tree listen? Did the tree hear what Jesus said? No man will eat fruit of you ever again. What happened? The tree withered and died. You, you, you like my dramatization? And they didn't notice the tree until the next day. But the words had already taken effect. When Jesus spoke those words, did he walk away saying, Oh, I hope I said the right thing. Peter and, Peter and James and John, you think I said the right thing? He didn't give it a second thought. He knew the authority that he operated in. And when he spoke to that tree, he didn't give it a second thought. He walked away knowing that what he said was going to happen. That's how we need to be. We need to, we need, we need to be so confident in what we say that we know it's going to happen no matter what. When you're healed, you've got to say, I know that I'm healed in Jesus' name. But your body's saying, but I, what about this pain? What about that pain? No, you listen to the word. You speak the word, and, and you contradict what your body's saying. Amen? Okay? Jesus spoke to a dead man in the tomb. Did the dead, the dead man not only heard him, but responded? He came up. Why am I hopping? Because he was wrapped in grave clothes. That's the only thing he could do. But the dead man heard Jesus speak. He heard the words that were said, and the words that were said had power to resurrect the dead. Jesus said, where do you have him laid? And Martha said, "Uh, Jesus, by now he stinks. Jesus didn't care about the stench. He said, show me. He stood right in front of that tomb. He looked at death in the eye, and he said, Lazarus, come forth. He wasn't moved by the tomb, he wasn't moved by the darkness, and he wasn't moved by the death because he knew that his words produced life. Words take on giants. Before David cut Goliath's head off, him and Goliath had a conversation, didn't they? They had an exchange of words. Oh, you come at me with a spear or with a stick, but, I, but David said, I come at you with the name of the Lord. 
Which weapon was greater? The name of the Lord was greater. But David had to win the war of words before he could cut off the giant's head. Cutting off the head was easy. The hard part was winning the war of words. No, for 40 days, there was no other soldier that was willing to say anything contrary to what Goliath said. Think about it. You're the only person, and, you, and you're not even a soldier. And you come on the scene. Everybody's paralyzed by fear. You, you going to say something? No, I, I can say You do something? I'm going to do something. Right? But a shepherd comes, and he hears what the giant's saying. And immediately he's ticked off. Why? Because he knows it's contrary to God's word. And from the words that the giant said, David knew the giant had no covenant, and he's got a covenant. I've already won this thing. Say, I've already won. You won the battle by showing up. You win the battle by showing up. Prophet spoke to rain. Prophet Elijah said, it's not going to rain except at my what? At my word? How could Elijah do something like that? If you read Deuteronomy 11, he had scriptural evidence to do it, to speak to rain. Deuteronomy 11 says, uh, if, if you are wicked and you go against God, I'm, I'm giving you the Pishka version, but that's what it's, it's the essence, right? He says, if you disobey God, I'm going to shut up the heavens and it will not rain. So Elijah had scriptural evidence to say it's not going to rain. He had scriptural evidence to speak to rain. Right. It's not going to rain except at my word. Come on. We got to get, we got to build our confidence, people. Some of you are thinking, I could never do that. Yes, you can. You're a blood-bought, born-again believer. You can do it. I don't care if you got born again yesterday. You've got the authority and the power to do it. So words remove obstacles. (gasps) Words move mountains. Raymond was started on a scripture that moves mountains. Mark chapter 11, verses 22 to 24. Speak unto this mountain. Speak unto the mountain. Physical mountain, maybe. Or anything that hinders your progress. Anything that stands in your way from the blessing. Anything that uh, is um, in, your, in, your, in your path. What did he say to do? Speak to it. He didn't say pray about it. He said speak to it. But you've got to not doubt in your heart. <gasps> your mouth and your heart working together. Words can say words can move obstacles. <gasps> words can move walls. How did the walls of Jericho fall? From dynamite? No. From C4? No. From what? A shout. How, what do we use to shout? We use our mouths to shout. God said shout and the walls will come down. A shout was made when impenetrable walls, impenetrable barriers were broken because of a shout. Who told him to shout? God told him to shout because he knows the power of words. Words remove obstacles. (laughs) Words gather fish. Why don't, you, why don't you cast your nets to the other side? Oh, I fished all night. I'm tired. Nevertheless, at your 
at your word. The fish weren't there all night long until the word was spoken. But once the word was spoken, the fish showed up in abundance. The word brought the fish to the net. Peter couldn't get a fish if he tried, but the word had to be spoken. He was trying to toil, but you don't get things through toil. You get things through faith. Faith speaks. All right. Words conquer foes. Jehoshaphat sent praisers out before the warriors. How would that go over in West Point? How would that go over in the Rangers or the Seals? Uh, Seal Team 6, we're going to send out some praisers before. Uh, okay, never heard of that before. But what did the praisers do? It confused the enemy. Jehoshaphat didn't even have to unsheath his sword or raise his shield. They just had to go and get bags to gather the stuff. Words will conquer foes. <laughs> Woo! My goodness. What did Gideon say with his 300 men? Did you know that he led a 300 army full of crock pot, or crack pots? What kind of soldiers you got, Gideon? We got some crackpots. We got a crackpot team. What does that mean? They had a lamp inside a vase. And 300, 100 here, 100 here, and 100 here. They divided their forces at night, and they cracked open their pots, and they said with their mouth, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon, and that's what won the battle. They used their mouth before they used their sword. The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And they cracked open those pots and those lamps inside shined. And the enemy was confused and they started killing one another. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Did you know that words can create your future? Oh, that boy that you're going to give birth to, he's going to save the world. That was before he was ever conceived. God spoke to Mary. The prophetic word spoken to Mary created Jesus' future. Oh, Elizabeth, John, that son that you're going to have, he's going to go before the Lord. He's going to be a voice of one crying in the wilderness. The words create their future. Oh, Samson's mom and dad, that boy that you're going to give birth to, he's going to have a Nazareth vow. He's going to deliver your, your, the Israel from the Philistines. Hallelujah. The, the prophetic word creates your future. Words create your future. Listen, if you want a good future, start speaking to it now. Start saying what God says about your future. Say, I'm rich, I'm prosperous, I'm blessed. Hallelujah. How often do I say it as often as you need to? As often as you want to. Let me put it to you this way. How quickly do you want it to happen? You know, with God, you can't overdose. With God, you can say it as much, and there's no, there's no negative side effects. You won't overdose. I've got too much word. No such thing. Hallelujah. So words create your future. 
God has a whole book of major and minor prophets that created future. He spoke things into existence before they ever happened. That's what God does. Words cause you to triumph in life. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. How many want to triumph? We got a church of, we got a triumphant church. We got a, our, our church is called victory. Why? Because you get the victory. You come to victory to get the victory. Amen? Being at victory makes you victorious. I didn't name it. That was named before I came. But the name sticks. Hallelujah. I didn't get to name it, but God knew who was, he, he was going to bring Dr. Fiona and Pastor Doug into this place. So we're going to create victory in people's lives. People who were defeated. People who were overcome. People who were messed up. We're going to give them the victory. We're going to bring them out of darkness and into the light. Hallelujah. First Timothy chapter one, verse 18. This charge I commit unto you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on you that you by them might war a good warfare or wage a good warfare or fight a good warfare. Did you know that you can fight a good fight with prophecies? That's triumph. A good fight is one that you win. I was in a fight, yeah. What kind of fight was it? It was a good fight. Why? Because I won. It's not a bad, it's not a good fight if you lose. It's a good fight if you win. Amen? You guys are winners. Hallelujah. The Declaration of Independence was a document of words that declared our freedom from Great Britain. People, some people get paid lots of money to give a speech. That's a group of words. I mean, some of them I probably wouldn't pay a dime for, but nonetheless, there are people in the world that make money giving speeches. I'm not going to say the thought that entered my mind, but lawyers make arguments with words designed to convince juries and judges to decide in their favor. If words weren't important, where would lawyers be? I have a dream. We need, to, we need to judge people on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. A speech given by Martin Luther King Jr. Let's get back to that. It's not about how you look. It's about the content of your character. Amen? Speeches were given. Some speeches shaped history. Hallelujah. Go to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. I'm almost done. Now, next week, we're going to have a little bit shorter service. So, it's gonna be, God's going to do a miracle. I'll get you out early. 
so that we can do our baptism. When, when we were in Florida, we had the privilege of baptizing a 96-year-old. And, you know, I asked her, I said, do you want to go forward or backward? She said forward. So Gabriel and I, it was the first father-son baptism of our ministry. And uh, we, we, we put her forward. We baptized her name in the father-son. She came out. Her first words were, hallelujah. 96-year-old, praise the Lord. Look at John 6, verse 63. We have to be always evaluating our words. Um, John six sixty three. He says, It is the spirit that quickens or makes alive. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and life. The very words that Jesus spoke to us are spirit and life. Go to the book of Malachi. Malachi chapter 3, last book of the Old Testament, hallelujah, just to show you the importance of words, hallelujah. Malachi 3.16, Malachi 3.16, it says... Then they that feared the Lord spoke often to one another. Everybody say, spoke often to one another. And the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and thought upon his name. Now, people who fear the Lord aren't going to speak evil. They're going to speak the truth. They're not going to lie. They're going to be truthful. Right? They're going to talk about righteousness. They're going to talk about the things of God. They're going to, they're going to uh, put God first. So people who, who fear the Lord, they got together and they were having conversations. And God says, I like what you're talking about. I'm going to record it in a book of remembrance. God records conversations that we have about him. God loves it when we speak truth. Speak the truth in love. Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. What's corrupted communication? Anything opposed or contrary to the Word of God. Just a little thing. God said four words. Let there be light and look what happened. Amen? He created the worlds with words. You can create your world with words. Hallelujah. God changed Abraham's name. Abram's name was Abram. That means that meant exalted father. But in Genesis 15, he had an encounter with God, and God changed his name to Abraham. You know, God added a little extra to his name. Ha. When God goes, ha, get ready. Things are about to happen. And when God said Abraham... He said, this is going to be your name now. Abraham means father of many nations. So God spoke a word to Abram saying that this was his name, right? So from that point on, Abraham did not use Abram. He used Abraham. In every business transaction, he said, I'm Abraham. 
In every relationship, he said, I'm Abraham. And everywhere he went, I'm Abraham. Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. He kept saying what God said about him. Abraham, Abraham, boom. There's Isaac. Do you think Isaac would have appeared had he not been saying Abraham, Abraham, Abraham? He, he agreed with God. And the Bible said when his name was changed that he believed God. And where do we believe God? We believe God in our hearts. Once we believe God in our hearts, then we can speak out of our mouth what we believe. And that's where the power is. That's where miracles happen. Amen? Say, I'm going to watch my words from this day forward. I'm not going to let any negative word come out of my mouth. I heard someone say this, you, you can't get to the palace talking like a pauper. Amen? But God will set you free today. And words exceed limits and break barriers. And if there's a barrier in your life today, it can be broken. If there's a limit on your life today, you can exceed it. You can leave it in the dust. Limit, eat my dust. <laughs> Hallelujah. We got to let some limits eat some dust today. Amen? We got to be like the roadrunner. Beep, beep, ding. Right? The roadrunner and Wiley Coyote. Wiley Coyote be standing in roadrunner's dust. And Acme couldn't help him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you know that you are experiencing a limit or a barrier, doesn't matter in your finances, in your health, in your family, it doesn't matter. I want you to stand to your feet now in the name of Jesus. If you know that you're experiencing a limit and a barrier, hallelujah. Say, in the name of Jesus, these limits are about to be exceeded. These barriers are about to be broken. In the name of Jesus. Now, I want you to speak to that limit and speak to that barrier and say, I'm an overcomer. I, I, hallelujah, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we break these barriers and these limits in people's lives by the power of the Holy Ghost, by the Word of God, in the name of Jesus. Your Word has the authority. Your Word has the power and the anointing. It destroys... Uh, the yoke and removes the burden in the name of Jesus and your people are being set free right here right now this is going to be a change in their circumstances this is going to be a new beginning they're going to mark this day when things were broken they're going to look back and say look what the Lord has done he has done great things for me where I am glad hallelujah now I want you to rejoice that they're exceeded and they're broken in the name of Jesus. Some of you might need to shout. Some of you might need to run. Some of you might need to move your feet. Some of you might need to do something to signify that it is broken in my life in the name of Jesus. In order to have something different. In order to have something you've never had, you've got to do something you've never done. I want you to give God some exalted praise. 
I want you to praise God.